Welcome to the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report. I am the big guy, Ryback. Joined this week once again, Raj Geary of WrestlingInc.com. Raj, good morning, and how's it going? Good morning to you. I'm still on my fourth cup of coffee. Things are going well. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, the, just a little uh, wake up, unlimited energy early here, up, up early, five something again today, and uh, in the pitch of black darkness and uh and, and getting work done over here as well but here we are yeah 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 here we are uh and it was another busy week uh a lot to get into wow let's just jump right into it a couple of injuries happened on aew dynamite did you get a chance to uh, to watch the show i did yes I, I watched the majority of it there and uh yeah i wasn't i don't know uh injury wise what happened so alex reynold uh during the main event he was legitimately knocked out uh, during the, their four-way tag team match with Private Party and the Young Bucks and the Butcher and the Blade. Um, Alex Reynolds, uh, uh, he took a, a, a top rope move from Private Party. It looked like okay. they hit him. One of the guys hit him in the head accidentally. And he was basically out for two minutes. And they, I guess, apparently didn't realize he was out. At one point, uh, he was dragged to the corner by Blade so he could tag yeah. in. Got Reynolds out of the match. Uh, afterwards, Dr. Michael Sampson and his crew yanked Reynolds out of the ring to attend to him. And after the show went off the air, uh, Cody came in to check on him. However, Reynolds had recovered by then and went to the back on his own. So it appears as if he's fine, but it was a scary moment. That was a long period of time to be continuing with a match with someone knocked out. And granted, I'm sure they didn't know it, but uh, that's kind of scary. Yeah, and I was watching that. I, I didn't even even notice it watching the match that I just thought he was selling. I thought he was selling, like putting it, it, that was a tough thing on that. And, and I completely understand people not knowing. Um, it just seemed because, I mean, it was a huge move to take in uh, the, the other wrestlers. I mean, I guess it's tough to know, but after he's lying there, I went back and saw it. Cause once I saw that people were saying he was knocked out, and um, I go, well, hold on. How do we know for sure? Because because that the way that done, I've seen that spot done, not with that move in particular, but with a guy selling like that and gets dragged over. It's more of kind of a comedy thing, which that that clearly wasn't in that. But it was still you don't know. But yeah, I mean, just again a learning uh, example. It, it, it it's really hard with wrestling. You don't know because it's not real fighting. Where if, if a guy's knocked out and not moving, wrestlers sell differently. Right. So, and everyone in that, but there was a lot going on in that match. So, and luckily, I mean, he got dragged over to the corner there. Um, and I don't know how quick the doctor was over there. And, and again, I don't know if a doc, like the way that was done and the way he, he, the, the blade did that. So just kind of smoothly how he did everything. There were like no hesitations in any of that, which wouldn't make you think like, stop like, Hey, what's going on? It just all kind of seemed like part of the match, but I, I think they've come out and said it, it clearly wasn't. So, um, luckily he's all right because I mean that could have that's that's definitely scary. I mean you got a guy landing on your head with his with right. his body. That's you know that move. Is, I've never been a fan of that move because I think there's such there's no room for air on it. And by the way, and, and like Fandango does that move as well. And I love Fandango. That move will destroy your back quicker than anything. That's the, right. the compression. And Fandango, I think, has even learned to do it and almost kind of land. You almost try to take a back bump with it 
almost, even though you can't fully do that. And uh, it really, really can wreak havoc on your back. And it does. Anyone that's ever done it, you know, even look at Matt Hardy, how bad he is in his hips. Like, it just destroys. Not, it's not worth it, in my opinion. But right. other than that, that's a personal choice that, the, that they clearly have made they want to do. It's just taking that as a – you got a guy coming down with all his body weight, with his ass. Like, the, like the, I, and I've taken it before. And I remember just thinking, like, you just were like, God, I – kill me because it's there's there's no there's just so little room for air on that and the room for air is is he lands on your head like so uh scary moment indeed but again everyone played it off i thought and i don't believe he was brought back into the match after that right no no they uh, i mean he was out for the rest of the match yeah so i mean there's no harm no foul then like you know if if I could see if people were going to start criticizing on if he got back in the match and he wasn't then, you know, maybe, but, but I think if he wasn't back in the match. The doctors attended to him. Cody came down after that was handled probably as well as outside of stopping the match at the moment, which nobody knew about. But again, too, with matches like that, you don't want to stop a match. If you don't have to, if the guy's not back in the match as well, and he's being attended to. So it's, it's one of those, Scary thing for sure, but luckily he's all right. And again, learning learning uh, examples for everybody on stuff in the company that they're only going to get better and better with this stuff as time goes on, I believe, and, and stuff. Dr. Sampson's actually, he was with WWE when I was there, uh, and he was always um, my favorite doctor there. And he's because he, he's a good guy. And yeah, so, and there was a reason why he left WWE. And usually good people don't like working for that organization legitimately i mean it, it's yeah. um there was another injury on uh dynamite as well ray phoenix when he was doing his uh head scissors move uh, he landed on his head and uh he was out he was you know he was clearly hurt for a little bit mm-hmm. um but then he eventually recovered they still finished the match uh, it, it was a world title eliminator match with him against Pentagon with the winner going on to face Kenny Omega next week. Uh, Phoenix ended up winning, uh, but due to his injury, it was believed to be his neck. Uh, it, it appears as they're going to change it next week to Pentagon versus Omega. The, the show was taped yesterday. On oh, Thursday. Wow. Yeah. And I watched a, a good por- portion of that. I, I think I missed that where he fell on his head though, on the, um, as I was in and out of coming to the kitchen to the living room. Um, obviously when those guys, I think anytime you watch, and I know me personally, the amount of risk that they take, it's inevitable that there's going to be mess ups. And again, when the move, they're called high risk for a reason that if they don't go as planned, that, that the, the, the risk is really high for, for injury to, to either the, the opponent or themselves. And, uh, we're seeing that when, when when you have a roster that's heavy on high risk, like we're gonna, it's just it's only natural you're gonna see more injuries. And again, it's up that's a talent's personal preference if they want to do that. I do think you'll see some talent shift as they do this longer um, in understanding that there's you know the the revival is said it best. FTR like during the match when he jumped off the top and to the outside or something, and he goes he could have just punched him. Right. <laughs> But like, like the serious, truer words have never been spoken. Like it would have been the same thing. You don't understand. Right. Like, and you could do your high stuff here and there and protect yourself. 
and learn to work a match with good, really good picks where it's like you're getting it. You will learn. You actually will get better reactions doing that. But again, individual talents just have to learn that over time. Right. Uh, also on that show, there's a, uh, a musical segment between Chris Jericho and MJF. Mm -hmm. uh, it was, uh, gosh, I'm forgetting what they called it. The, the dinner. Uh, Le, was it the... Uh, it was selling the the champions uh, staked, and I don't know what it was, but it was yeah, yeah. or something like that. Uh, but it uh, it started off with them trying to outdo each other with getting their steak redder and redder, uh, rarer and rarer, uh, and it ended with MJF and Jericho performing "Me and My Shadow" by Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. AEW's uh, music producer Mike Ruckus he re-recorded the music himself. And uh, they actually went and got approval from the original publisher of the song and the Frank Sinatra estate to do it. Uh, there are mixed opinions. Um, most people I saw liked it, loved it. Uh, there were there were a lot of people that hated it. It was different. Uh, they had backup dancers, and it, it was. I mean, it, it was entertainment, but the hard, mm -hmm. a lot of the hardcore wrestling folks got uh, didn't like it. The hardcore wrestling folks don't like themselves, though. So they they complain about everything. I mean, that's the it's what is every week. There's something new to complain about. Like, it's, what do the hardcore wrestling fans? What do we have a a list of what the hardcore wrestling fans actually like? I'm very intrigued uh, by that. Like, do they like what is like the common denominator that the hardcore wrestling fans like? Like, it's Japanese matches with a lot of you know flips and dives. Yeah. That's so, but like, again, this what, is whatever pro wrestling. Likes. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it, I'm just curious because it seems like they're, it, you know, they're they're never going to be happy, and I just think we forget about them. The sooner we do, the better wrestling will be. Um, well, I was curious, did they know what the ratings were during that segment? Actually, were pretty bad. Uh, the ratings, uh, it was the low point for AEW. They did. Um, 676,000 viewers. It still beat NXT, which did 607,000 viewers. During that segment? Was, yeah. So it was, wow. the low point for, it was the low point for AEW uh, on that show. And I, I just wanted there to was ask. Also a Taz, there was also a Taz interview with Brian Cage and Ricky Starks uh, during that, that quarter. Yeah. Because so. uh, that was the first thing when I saw, because I, I watched the entire thing and was entertained by it. It caught me completely off guard. I was not expecting that. At all, I don't know if anybody was expecting that. I don't think we've ever seen it. I'm not against stuff like that at all um, because I think you do need to try things. I my that was why I asked that question though. My thing was going to be, well, let's see what the ratings said, and if the ratings showed an increase, then but but seeing a decrease in that now, I you know it's not something you're going to do every week anyways. On that, they're not like they're going to do Jericho and him aren't going to just do Broadways every week. You know, it was I think it was a way to do something outside the box. In a creative time, in a time where, where creativity is kind of, we need creativity right now with everything going on. And I didn't hate it at all. And I, I enjoyed, I watched the entire thing and I go, whoa, I've never seen anything like this before. And I thought both of them, they, they pulled that off as well as you could have. And with everyone, and I, and I thought that was, they had the, the character stuff up front. And it, it, I thought it was, it created a really, interesting dynamic and story with them, but how they're both kind of scumbags and dro dropping the girls at the same time and doing little <laughs> things like that, I thought were, were really, really, really cool and interesting uh, and yeah. to, to keep. And I think this is really helping MJF even further when he's get, when you get to do something with Jericho like that, 
it does nothing but help. And it's a way to do that without wrestling. So I have no problem with it. I never will. Like, But I do think you have to look at that and go, well, why were the ratings not as high for this segment? I don't right. know. I, but I, So I don't think it's something they're going to do all the time, clearly. It's not like they're going to go, well, who's going to be in the Broadway this week? Like mm-hmm. that's. I just think it was outside the box and something different. And, and at the very least, I guarantee you, just like we are on this show, Everybody talked about it on the wrestling show this week, probably, I would imagine. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've i always been a fan of story and character. And I the Jericho MJF stuff is my favorite stuff in wrestling right now. Which I think if we, once this story is starts going even further, we'll ha- look back and have a Rolodex of entertaining segments that they did where, you know, 10 years from now, this might be the only time we ever see anything like, like this in wrestling. But you go, man, that was really cool and creative, which it was. But it, it, maybe that's one of the things that really, really, um, the even though I, I'm, there were a lot of positive too, and there's always there's always going to be negative. But that's one of those things where over time it's even cooler, like because it was so random and it was a rare thing that we got to see. So, yeah, perfect execution on it, though. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh. Speaking of Jericho, he had Andrew Yang on his podcast this past week, and uh, one of the things he said was that he doesn't receive royalties um, from the WWE network. I'm taking it. That's the case for you as well. Never have, which is, but you still receive royalties from DVDs and things like that. Correct. Uh, very minimal though. Cause I mean, they stopped, they haven't used my, uh, the Ryback trademark or anything. They stopped using, they can't use feed me more anymore on anything. Cause I own that. So like, and once I left there, everything was done. Once the contract expired, they, um, the, the royalty checks I get are, are, I mean, minuscule now. And they started dropping heavily. I, they, they were okay, I guess you could say, for a couple of years. I mean, they're not, I mean, I get a check every quarter still, but they're, they're it, it, I mean, it, we're talking very, very little. Um, is it, is it, it itemized? No, I mean, is it definitely no network or? Yeah, it's definitely no network. You're not getting, yeah. it, it's only on, on like, you'd still action figures and, they make a bunch of things that you don't I mean, even though they give you those sheets, there's really, there's no, it's really, really difficult thing to track exactly right. everything where it's coming from. Cause they make so many deals that you don't even know about. And I remember I've seen things like, I remember being in India and there were board games with me on the, on the, like featuring me and they're not, they were never on the like royalty thing under anything. And if they were, it's under something where you don't even, it's under some other kind of deal where any, but you don't even know what you're really getting. And my take on it is I really believe this. I believe WWE does a lot of deals with the talents in other countries for things just like that, that pay talents don't get paid for. And I think they're really shady on those, on that end, on a lot of things. It's not fully 100% transparent because it all goes through them. And Jericho's 100% right. As far as the royalties go on the, on the network, we're not, it's not even in the, there's no, there's no verbiage on that. There's nothing. They don't pay. They don't pay talent anything. It's all just part of the crooked shadiness of the WWE that I've talked about from day one. And again, it's it takes more and more people just talking about it over and over. And you're always going to have that WWE hardcore fan base. Again, that that word hardcore, which is associated with negative, that bash anyone that 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 dare talks bad about their their WWE that they keep on a godlike pedestal with Vince. And it's just. It, it, it's a lot of bad, man. And eventually, you know, uh, and I'm really curious to see how this election goes because Yang has really been vocal on if Biden gets into office, things are going to change. You know, I'm not a political person, but I'm not against that. 
if that's yeah. the case personally, because then now I have an interest in something that would benefit me greatly with my life for, in this, for wrestlers in this company that is taking advantage of people. And I just posted today too, the, the letter from 2016 on my Instagram with WWE um, demanding I hand over everything from my website to with the supplements, to my podcast, to my trademarks that I already owned, to feedmemore.com that I already owned, um, and also to my social media, my personal accounts, at demanding. And it says on the letter they demand uh, and sign it over. Um, and then that's when they suppressed my social media and they've done everything they can to suppress me and, and remove me as an interest on Facebook and Instagram. They're the most corrupt organization or at the top of that list. And Vince is in bed with all these social media companies and other big companies. And I'm telling you, he's got away with murder for too long. And I really think it's his karma that he goes down in flames at the very end. I really do. It's just he's done too much damage to too many people for too long. And the royalty thing is just a it's just a it's just another little little chink in the armor of Vince McMahon of of what he's done in his greediness and not appreciative of the people that made him. He's not, he does not, he's not appreciative of, of any wrestlers. It's a carny old school tactic that he has implemented that looks down on the talent because he doesn't want them to realize how important they are to his his success and his wealth, which is all that he cares about. Yeah. Um Charlotte Flair, kind of along those same notes. Um, Charlotte Flair signed with Vayner Sports, is that right? Vayner Sports, yeah, you just yeah, that's Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, one of his one of his deals that I didn't know he was signing talent. I know I've heard him sign other sports stars, and I think this might be the first wrestler he signed. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, they've they've uh, represented baseball players, esports stars, and some other combat sports athlete, but I believe Charlotte is their first pro wrestler. Now, what is Vayner? Do you know what what their obligations are to that? Like, as far as what what what. What happens with her signing with them? Do you know as far as what they provide? I don't, you know, again, that's where it's, it's interesting. Like, is it just representing it, her when it's contract? Uh, when it's time like an agent? That's yeah, what I like was. An agent? Uh, it's not, it's not clear. Uh, Vayner Sports announced it. Charlotte Flair retweeted it. And that's pretty much all we know right now. Uh, I need to give Gary Vaynerchuk's a huge wrestling fan. Yeah. Yeah, we spoke to Ric Flair earlier this week, but it was before this news had come out, so we didn't get to ask him that. But uh, I need to hit up Gary or get him on the show and see if I could sign with Vander Sports. See if they give me some. Get maybe Gary's really figured into social media. Maybe have him help me with uh get my social media accounts unlocked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's you know, interesting. It might be you know Charlotte Flair has uh, expressed interest in doing other things, TV, movie roles. Uh, Rick Flair, when we had him on the wrestling, uh, the wrestling Inc. daily, he talked about how uh, Charlotte had a big, big project coming up soon. So um, it could just be something along those lines. Obviously, Vince and is not happy with wrestlers doing other projects. So we'll have to see how that ends up. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's a, it's a great move on her part, and congratulations to her. I, I mean, this is the the. I think wrestling, what we're going to see happen is as is, is Vince and them continue to lose power and with AEW on the rise. I actually think we're going to see the wrestling industry transform and we're going to look at like the period that I was involved in the, in the past, kind of like we do with the UFC, where you look at those those original guys that like Ken Shamrock and those guys that made UFC, how they kind of got fucked over. A lot of those guys didn't make any money. They didn't do. They didn't. They they got really hoard out that you never really hear of them anymore. Not not counting Ken, but a lot of these other guys that helped build the UFC to what it was. 
I really think we're going to look back and look at wrestling in, in within 10, even 15 years. And I think it's going to transform massively in the next five years where we look and we go, fuck, man, all those other talents that wrestled in these other periods dating back from the 60s, 70s, 80s, like these guys that did this in 90s, 2000s, all the way up to now. And like things are slowly starting to change now. But like those guys never really had the opportunity that, that they should have for being the stars that they were because of the way Vince and the policies that he implemented. But I really think we're seeing the times have changed. And now with open communication on social media, WWE and Vince McMahon have been exposed fully. And that falls on Stephanie, on Hunter, on Kevin Dunn, on the entire corporation there, their legal team, everything. They are, they are under the radar more than ever now. And with people like Andrew Yang and people, things that Jesse Ventura spoke up about in the past, all these things have now come to come to the fruition to come to the light again. And I really think it's going to be too much for them to overcome. And wrestlers are going to actually make more money in the future. They're going to have agents. They're going to have deals. You're going to see bigger stars in wrestling. <clears throat> you might not see guys have to wrestle for 25 years anymore, 20 years, so they can so they can retire and have a little bit of a, a comfort zone. Like you're going to see guys that get what they should have got and get deals and be the celebrities that they are. Because I'm telling you, wrestlers are the greatest entertainers on the planet overall. And not everyone's as good as, as, as everyone else. But when you're dealing at the elite level, WWE, the, a lot of the talents there are capable of so much and are not given opportunities because Vince and WWE crush it and they don't let it happen. So I think this is the first step in possibly more people doing something like this. Yeah. Uh, Deanna Parazzo, who, who was released from WWE this past April uh, due to the, the COVID cuts, which saw them release a, a bunch of talent and backstage employees. Uh, she had returned to Impact this past June and just uh, officially signed a long-term contract with the company. So, uh, yeah. Congratulations to her, Impact. I, I mean, they, they've they uh, quietly, uh, and maybe not so quietly, it's just I don't follow them like I do the other because I don't have access to them on TV uh, where they're not on the, the, the cable that I have anyways, like WWE and all elite, but the, you know, and signing, you know, some of the WWE guys there after, and I know Heath is over there now and, you know, EC3. And I think they, and with the Luke Gallows and Anderson, uh, you know, they got Moose over there. I, I, I think they've, they've continued to just quietly build their roster and, uh, you know, is another good option for guys that maybe, you know, with WWE and AEW aren't an op. There's a very good place over there where you could you could do well for yourself, which I am all for and think it's a valuable, valuable company to have around right now. Seem to keep in, just improving a little bit by little bit. Yeah. Uh, the Undertaker is reportedly scheduled to be at the Survivor Series. Uh, this is... Uh, he has been, it'll be his 30th anniversary. And the, I guess the plan is to build a Survivor Series uh, around the 30th anniversary. Uh, they did something similar uh, for the 25th anniversary where uh, Taker and Kane uh, destroyed the Wyatt family. So apparently they're going to do something similar. The plan right now, there's no plan right now for him to actually wrestle at the event, but that could always change. But as of right now, it is supposed to be built around him and he's, he's supposed to appear. No, I think that's good. I they're gonna that's um man i feel bad for him kind of the way this is all ended uh, uh, with the wrestlemania no with covid and that being the, even though that was a great last the boneyard match it was a great thing but not having the real crowd and that like 
having the final send off, but like this is going to be in front of really no crowd again, at least not live, you know, like it normally would be. Um, right. But I think it's a good move marketing wise to, they got to do whatever they can to get people to watch. And um, with this and being creative, like I said, so I, I think it's a good move from WWE to involve and make showcase him with it. But I do think you, I don't think it's good if you bring him in and they do what they did at the 25th and have him destroy current talent. I think they got to get away from that with guys. You need to make the current stars, these stars and um, make the show as a, you know, celebrating 30 years for him and, and build it around that somehow in a creative way to find a way to showcase your current talent. Uh, were you watching wrestling back then when he debuted? That is kind of wild that it's been 30 years. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know where I. I was around 11 or 12. I watched when I was really young, um, yeah. and like around five, my parents took me to an event with my sister uh, here in Vegas. But I remember Andre seeing Andre and Hogan wrestling each other because uh, I just all I remember from that event was the yellow trunks and uh, the black singlet of uh, and, and just going crazy. And then I really like picked back up watching around that 11, 12 year old, 12 year mark for me. Um, and Taker was, hey, he'd already been there. That was like the Bret Hart, British Bulldog era um, when those guys were, were coming into their own. Mabel before he was King Mabel and, and all that, and, and Diesel and, and, and Razor. So he was already established. I didn't see him very, really, really early on. I just missed that. Yeah. Uh, this past week, the strike team uh, of the Orange County Department of Health uh, in Florida, uh, they are doing an investigation into 17 locations where COVID-19 might be spreading. Um, and three of them are related to WWE. The, the NXT arena on the campus of Full Sail University, which actually they're not using anymore. The WWE Performance Center and also the WWE Thunderdome at the Amway Arena. Um, there's also a bunch of bars, a church uh, that they're looking into. So WWE, they issued a statement saying WWE is not open to the public, but rather operating on a closed set with only essential personnel in attendance. As part of ongoing weekly testing protocols, Aventus Labs have administered more than 10,000 PCR tests to mm -hmm. WWE performers, employees, production staff, and crew, resulting in only 1.5% positive cases as compared to the current national average of more than 5%. Additionally, extensive contract, contact tracing takes place and impacted individuals are placed in 14-day quarantine, quarantine and then only cleared after they test negative. Now, we had learned at Wrestling Inc. that apparently some NXT talent and, and uh, trainees were not happy with some of the protocols not being, uh, not being followed at uh, some of the TV tapings, mm -hmm. uh, people not wearing masks backstage, things like that. So... I, I can't see anything coming of this. It's weird in Florida. They, the, the governor already said you can have as many people in your buildings as you want, but, uh, but yeah, so, but there is an investigation going on. Yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. If talents are calling and complaining and uh, which is, that's not a bad idea. I should probably do make some complaints myself. The uh, <laughs> that would uh, be nice. No, I don't know, man. I don't, I think like, it's, I just know how they've run on other things. Like I said, I used to invest in the company. And then I, when I got called up, I stopped investing in the company because I realized what a mess it was and what a shit show um, on all levels and at the highest levels. I don't, I don't, I don't know. We know the risk of COVID is, is 
the 99.4% survival rate, I think, and 99.9% like in, in, in healthy young people. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how long this is going to keep going on or we're going to make a big deal. Like it's as long as, you know, they got the mask and, you know, it's a talent at the end of the day, you're not comfortable. You gotta, you gotta speak up or go do what they're doing. And, you know, they I don't know what to make of it. Like, is it, they're allowing people, like you said, in Florida, what's the investigation, what are they going to find just to make sure they're following protocol, which I'm sure they are at this point. Like, I have no doubt that they're, they're not following a strict protocol, but mm-hmm. I mean, we got people wrestling in there and, and you're wrestling in your underwear out there with the very, like, I don't know what we're at the end of the day, you're wearing a mask in the back, but then you got to be around people and talk to them all day. And um, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like, what do you, it is what it is. I, I just, I really, I don't know what to think about the whole thing. I don't think, like they're, we're, we got to get back to normal and running stuff. And, you know, if you're a talent and you're not comfortable, stay home at the end of the day. That's even though you'll probably get in trouble for it, but. Right. Um, did you have a chance to watch raw this past Monday night with the retribution angle? I did not see that part. I did watch parts of it though. So they were, I mean, they were basically buried. So, uh, Retribution cut uh, cut a promo at the open of the show. Mustafa Ali uh, said that he was the hacker all along, and then they faced the Hurt Business. Hurt Business basically destroyed them. Uh, Biggie beat uh, the big guy T Bar, uh, had him submit clean, and then afterwards the Fiend came in and then beat up all of Retribution. So it, only a couple months in, and Retribution already laid out. And I know people say give it a time to see a story play out. But usually when you see this happens, it, it's kind of like the writings on the wall. Yeah. Oh, the, well, they're not being booked like the shield. That's for sure. No, that's, that's the perfect example of a group that was heavily protected like time and time again. And right. And then they eventually like went on to what, what they did. Uh, but they were heavily protected for a long time. When you're not protected is where things go sour really quick. And uh, there's nothing worse than coming in uh, and being a new group. Now, I will say this, that there is the, as long as they're being booked on TV and they're allowed to get heat still, there's like that, that's a major difference right there. And if you're a heel group and you're coming in and you, but you're still allowed to get heat. You could lose all day long if you're getting heat still at the right times and then you get a win here and there. You can actually it, – it, that's great because you're figured in and you're you're getting – you're actually being hated more and more. It's when you're a heel group or a heel and you're losing and then you're not even getting heat and then you're like your, your segments are getting reduced and then you're getting put in lesser and lesser spots, just getting beat and beat and beat and beat and you're not getting any heat and then you're not in storylines, then you're not in pay-per-views, and then you're just sitting in catering. Like that, we've seen that time and time and time again. So I don't know if this is this could very well be on that track, or it could very well be a way for them to continuously be involved in storylines for for this period. And I don't know. I mean, it's never good to be this early in though, and to be at that position having that happen this early on with that. So. Um, but they're dealing with, I mean, you're dealing with guys like the Hurt Business are all guys that are like veterans in the business too, that right. have been through put through the ringer and been literally shit on at various points in their careers. And now they're all together. And you don't think like those guys have some probably, I would imagine they're politically savvy individuals now too, 
um, of knowing when they got to speak up. And uh, so that, that formation of that group is a really interesting dynamic is they've actually done better as they together here and been used better. Um, and I really think it, it's an interesting di- group of guys that have literally been shit on where the retribution you're dealing with scared developmental guys for the most part, which is just yeah. the, this the way that it usually is. And it's, you know, the shield guys had the luxury of like punk was looking out for them for a bit. And WWE Hunter was looking out for them. You know, if nobody's looking out for retribution, they're going to get put through the ringer really quickly, which we're seeing. Yeah. Uh, despite the fact Raw has been kind of all over the place, but as far as ratings go, it actually didn't do that bad. It did 1.78 million viewers on the USA Network on the upper end of what it's been doing lately, actually way higher than what they were doing in the summer. Uh, and they saw first hour did 1.81 million viewers. The second hour actually grew, uh, which is rare nowadays, to 1.84 million viewers before falling to 1.7 million viewers in the third hour. So... Uh, pretty decent ratings, uh, especially considering, uh, you know, WWE has been against N- the NFL. There were two NFL games this past yeah. Monday night. And and this is the first year where they haven't gone down during NFL season. And part of that is the Thunderdome because they were at the Performance Center all summer. Yeah. And though I do think, though, it, it's a reflection of I think they lost more casuals mm-hmm. that didn't come back that are watching football that aren't being factored in because they already lost them. I think in that we've like I think we're really really at that hardcore audience now number where that's why we're seeing the where the hardcore audience doesn't watch football maybe as much as what the casual audience does and that's why we're seeing the drop it be a lot smaller than it normally is my opinion on that um, but they've lost a good chunk of their audience already this past year like another what was left I think of the casuals uh, at least right. in that in that group but. Yeah, I, at this point in time, survival mode, the numbers, anytime the numbers don't go down drastically, it's a win for them. It has to be. I, I mean, it's it, everything under a two, though. It's crazy that that's being touted as a success um, with where we're at. But again, th- these are the times that we're in. And and in all fairness, with COVID, that this is ratings across the board. This is it's a really, really tough period for everybody i'd imagine so it yeah it's so do you think and and we'll get to aew and nxt ratings here also in a second but do you think uh, the thunderdome is probably as close to a pre-covid experience that you can probably have right now without without crowds do you think that now at this point with crowd when crowds do come back that it will make much of a difference in the audience I mean, yeah, no, I think there's going to be a, a major difference of having a live crowd there. I really think that, that, that the energy, I've said, you know, in, with the AEW product, I really want to see, I wish we had a crowd for this past year because I thought they've done some great things. Uh, I, but all of wrestling, we don't know how great anything is right now because that live energy is not there. That we're, we're dealing with piped-in noise that we, we literally have no idea. Now, we're watching the viewing experience at home is a lot better than it was with nothing. But the whole point of wrestling is seeing who people are organically into, who are they're popping for, who they're cheering for, who they're booing, the interaction, the energy. It's gone. It's gone entirely. It's We're watching wrestlers faker now than ever because now they're piping in the noise that they want. So now we've lost even – that's another part of the realism of entertainment and wrestling that we've lost, that we've taken away from the fans. That The fans that watching at home – 
they don't have an option to hit boo or cheer on the screen in syncing with the sound. That would be the only way it could be even somewhat authentic on that with them. Instead, they're piping it in what they want you to think on that, which is it, it, it makes it even less enjoyable. Joy, better to watch still than what it was, but you're you're it's less engaging than ever now. So yeah. Um, also, AEW this past week, AEW Dynamite did 753,000 viewers, down 9% from last week uh, on TNT. Uh, they were up against the World Series. Uh, NXT, though, was uh, only down 1% from last week. Uh, AEW is one of their lowest numbers that they've done in a while since June. Yeah. Uh, it was tied with uh, the show that went against the BP debate as uh, one of the lowest numbers in a while. And also, it was uh, tied with last week's show for the lowest 18 to 49 demo since July 15th. Uh, for NXT, it's around what they've been doing, uh, the second lowest viewership since August 12th, but uh, kind of in the area of what we, they've been doing. So, um, and the news right now, and this goes for Raw 2 and SmackDown, the news and, and, and for tonight, the World Series, uh, definitely having an effect, you would think. Yeah, and that's I saw the drop for AEW, and I mean that that's it's always concerning when you see a drop that big. Like, where did the audience go that night necessarily for them? Because it wasn't that big of a drop for NXT. But it, the the main thing is, I mean, they're they're beating NXT consistently right now. But I think the goal is it has to be though to continue to grow the fan base. And if I if I'm AEW, I'm, I'm looking hopefully. You know, how can we continue to get viewers to tune into our product and keep those numbers going up regardless of COVID or not? But I think, again, like I said, COVID is this whole period is just everyone's in the in, in a real dogfight right now on, and trying what to do in AEW. We're seeing them try the creative things that they're doing. Um, you know, I don't I don't know. I don't know what's going to I think the, the, I think the, they're going to benefit the most. Believe. I mean, everyone's going to benefit with crowds back, but I think AEW will benefit the most because I think that with the with what they're doing and people are going to see and having like Miro and these different stars there, I think it's the, the reactions are going to be really, really cool over there to see with some of the the things that could play out over time. But yeah, not a good thing to see the numbers go down like that. Yeah, it is crazy. With and this is with Raw and SmackDown too, just how much the news dominates now. And if there is, a, a, let's say, a smooth election, uh, and after that point, we'll see. You know, we'll see kind of for all the shows where where they settle in. But uh, and, they, I think things will come back up a little bit after that because right, you are right. People are very from a an just overall standpoint the the news and and the the whole just political climate right now. Everybody is glued in to this, and and we'll we'll have to see. It's, but I think a lot of things are going to hopefully calm down once this is all over. Yeah. Uh, so that's about it for the news. We could take a couple of questions here uh, in the chat. Guyver03 is saying, I've always been a fan of wrestling, including the smaller wrestling promotions. I've got to say, I'm only watching WWE, not out of enjoyment, but more out of just for the sake of watching something as nothing else is on. Yeah, no, that's uh, understandable. I, I would say, though, if it's something you don't enjoy, though, don't, and that goes to having a healthy, positive mindset, don't put yourself through it. Um, if, it if it's if you, something you truly don't enjoy, I, I encourage more people to tune out. Like, if and that's any wrestling, if it's something, if you truly don't like it, why watch it? Don't put yourself through it. 
there is there's a million other things to be doing out there. But I do want to say, Roger, there were two. There was something I really did like from AEW this past week was the Kenny Omega squash match. The, the yeah. I really really thought um, that 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 was well done. I did not see that coming out at it came out of left field with me. Um, and uh, I, the only thing I would have liked to have seen is I would have liked to have seen him just walk off and leave, leave Sonny lying there and not have the embrace after. Um, but I, I thought there might be more going on to that with how that was all played out. So, so I don't know, but I thought that was something that Kenny, they did a good job on that. I wanted to touch on as well that I did see this week. Yeah. It, it sounded, it almost looked to me like Omega was being a little disingenuous with raising yeah. Sunny Kiss's hand and, yeah. uh, but we'll see. But I admit that was the, the biggest that Kenny Omega looked as a star, uh, since he started. From the entrance all the way down, they, they, it was really, really well done, and he can go. So now, when that you put that energy into that, I, I think it's, I think it's go time for him. Yeah, uh, Mr. Doodles is asking: Do the ratings take into account amount of people watch on the internet for free and downloads? It, it takes into account streaming services like YouTube TV, Sling, okay. uh, things like that. But no, I mean, why? Why would advertisers pay for you know something that people are watching for free and, and downloads yeah. people just skip over them so yeah. it's where they make their money is tv ratings and those are the ones that are that are metered through cable satellite streaming services uh things like that and um we will get one more um a guy bro three again saying i feel bad for bray he has taken years to craft his character and has been really badly used and implemented over the past few years I mean, I don't I think he's been one of the better stars they've had. I think he's, um, you know, he, he's won the championship as the Fiend. And I think he's figured in uh, creatively, heavily every week. He had um, uh, what I would consider a massive victory over John Cena at WrestleMania th this past year. As far as it wasn't a, a regular match, but it, it felt like he... It was a uh, it was a very creative dominate dominate dominating segment for him uh, overall uh, of kind of uh, getting some what's the word I'm looking for is it not retribution maybe it is retribution for his past but it's just some kind of redeeming himself for redemption. the past redemption, yeah. Yeah. redemption. and uh, I would say he's been one that that is done better under their current climate of not allowing talent to be the, to their full level even though I do do believe he, he could be an even bigger star than he is. Um, but that's, uh, I think he's, he's done quite well for himself and I would imagine he's probably making decent money. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. and with the, the new deals that they're getting with AEW around. So, uh, I don't know if he's one in particular you need to feel horrible for, even though, um, I think he, he's done well for himself. So, yeah. But. Uh and uh, we get this every week. Might, might as well uh, do it one more time. Uh, wrestling fan one asking Ryback, when are you <laughs> returning to wrestling? Raj, I get it every day on every time I stream on any account. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know. I go, man, are these just new people joining every week? Because it's the same question. Um, <laughs> my stem cell uh, with BioAccelerator is set for the first week of February. And uh, those will be the final treatments. And I'm training and in, 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 in preparing to get myself in top peak physical shape. I will go get those treatments, take a small period of downtime just to kind of very small. And I'm talking maybe one or two weeks. And then it's going to be the final bit of training within ring training. And 
Um, and we will see what happens. But I'm, I'm eyeballing that first half of 2021. And I'm also kind of waiting to see the what's going to happen with the crowds with wrestling because I'm in a really weird, odd position. I'm hoping it times out perfectly where I'm ready to come back, where crowds are just coming back. I think that will be absolutely um, the most amazing scenario ever. Um, and on the other end of that, I don't feel I, I could come back with no crowds. I just so uh, I, I would I would rather wait. So we hope hopefully we get crowds back. <laughs> Right. Well, right back. It, uh, I was I was going to say uh, earlier, but I didn't want to jinx anything. But it, yes. uh, no tech issues today. Seems no, like we got no. it all figured out. Yeah, <laughs> we're uh, Cox figured out. They came out here and actually redid the uh, some of the something with not in my house even, but like in the area because so many new people have moved up here. They updated stuff, so I'm hoping that 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 plays a significant role in in everything staying good. So yeah, no no tech issues. So. Yeah, all right. Thank you as um, always, Raj. And yeah, uh, anything to plug to wrap up this week? Uh, keep checking out WrestlingInc.com. I mentioned uh, we had an interview with Ric Flair that's going to be up soon. Mick Foley, uh, just a ton of big names uh, coming up next week. So uh, check out WrestlingInc.com. Also, our coverage of WWE Hell in a Cell this weekend. So and, and Bound for Glory. Good deal. And as always, guys, our feed me more nutrition. It's our final cash giveaway we're doing our $4,000 Halloween cash giveaway. It ends in less than a week here. Go to feedmemore.com. Use discount code Halloween 4000 at the end of the checkout process. You get 20% off your order, guys. We have all that information on the homepage on feedmemore.com, though. Check that out, and you could be the one that wins $4,000 on Halloween PayPal into your account. And thank you guys very much for listening. You've just listened to another episode of the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report. Feed me more.